Sanborn here at Lane Park for 35-year-old Arthur Beetson to wear a maroon jersey. Beninga to close, close cutting back the other way, catches the defence on the wrong foot, he's broken through, he's coming up to Edie, gets away from Edie, he's over underneath! Welcome back to Origin of the Series, and welcome back, Jeff. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, welcome, everybody. Thanks for popping in again uh, and listening to a couple of footy tragics banging on about a whole bunch of random stuff. But uh, basically, we're here to talk about Game 3 of um, 1983, Classic Series. And, and a classic game. And, and just before we start on that, um, as, as you just say, we are... Um, rugby league tragics and it is worth saying that this is actually what we talk about when we get together this isn't just for the sake of putting a podcast together no. this is actually what we do and what we have done for well the last 43 years, years. <laughs> oh but yeah, before for 43 years of origin but yeah before that and um the difference is we've just got microphones in front of us now so that's right that's basically that's the that's, difference yeah that's that's exactly right but um yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, weird that we have been able to um, keep this conversation going for so long, and it for at least to be fresh in my mind. I don't know about yours, but certainly all of these uh, things are fresh for for me, and uh, and still good fun. Absolutely, even the stuff we were talking about before we um, we came on. I'm, I was thinking to myself, oh, we should just pr- press go and just start talking. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you're a professional. I'm not. This is. I have to. I have to prep myself to uh, press record. Oh no! I have to, yeah, we have to do. We have to do some prep and take notes and uh, <laughs> as um, and the bullet points. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so um, 1983. What 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 else was happening in 1983? Well, we did talk a bit about music last week when we had we had Dave on last week. Dave Gibson on last week, and I know we talked mm. about. Um, uh, Australiana and that kind of stuff. I don't know if we can't remember if we covered other Australian hits, which included. Um, do you remember? Did we talk about Bop Girl? I don't think we did. No, no, we didn't. Bop Girl was a big hit by Pat Wilson, who was. I haven't. Uh, I haven't thought of that song in yes. since since was that the, that since, I, I might B O P G I R L. I'm a, yep. he's a, she's yep. a, someone, yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it may have been, now it was written by her then husband, right. Ross Wilson of Daddy Cool right. fame. Of, so, of Daddy um, Cool and yeah. uh, and the other, Mon- sorry, the other, the other thing, yeah, Mondo, what was the other? Mondo Rock. Mondo, Mondo Rock. Rock, yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't enjoy that so much, and I hated what he did to what should have been the classic Johnny's album, um, he, uh, yeah. Highlights of Dangerous Life. Yeah. He he produced yeah. that and overproduced it to the point of it being saccharine. And was, um, yeah, yeah, which was sad, which is really unfortunate because. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but he he was uh, he was huge, wasn't he? And and Daddy Cool was great. Oh yeah, yeah, Eagle Rock, all that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, genius. So yeah, so Bop Girl was big. Reckless by Australian Cruel, who Paul Kelly also did a great cover of. Um, mm. and that was, and uh, I was only 19. The Red Gum song about obviously the, the Vietnam War, yeah. yeah, which um came, came, um, 
Did he? Gary Crawl. I was only, I, I was only 19, Red Gum, John Schumann. Um, and yeah. then that had a second lease of life. God, I'm showing my age now. It must have been early 2000s. Uh, Adelaide hip-hop band, The Herd, did a great, a great hip-hop version of I Was Only 19. Okay, so, never heard that. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that we have in common, Stephen, is that um, in 1983, the go-betweens, who I'll mention any chance I'm given, uh, their album Before Hollywood's released, and from that album, the classic Catelyn Kane. Is that right? I didn't know that. Catelyn Kane, yeah. And now Catelyn Kane went on to be voted uh, in the APRA, the Australian Performing Rights Association, top 30 Australian songs of all time. I thought that was uh, only released as a single. I didn't know that was on an album. Yeah, yeah. So just indulge me for a moment. So this is the, the company we're keeping. So I only do the top 10, the, the APRA songs, top, the top, uh, you know, top 30 songs of all time, but the top 10. Friday on my mind, number one. Eagle Rock, Beds are Burning. Down Under, Pub with No Beer. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Loved One, classic. Don't Dream It's Over by that Australian band, um, Crowded House. Yeah, I don't know how we snuck that one in, but yeah. anyway. K-San, as we know. Yeah. Uh, it's, a long way, it's a long way to the top. And classic. One of our, one of our favourites, I know, Quasimodo's Dream, number 10. Right. Wow. Uh, other songs those, are quick. So yeah. those sort yeah. of 80s things that even at the time I thought were, you know, going to be forgotten forever because they were very much of their time. They seem to have stuck around. Yeah. Others, other notable inclusions. Uh, I'm Stranded. Hello. Mm. Uh, Wide Open Road. To Her Door. My, my Island Home. Um, the Ship Song, uh, Nick Cave, Treaty, Yothi Indy, and uh, can't read that third one. That's the last one. You, uh, no, nah, can't read that one. Anyway, it's a, it's a big list. So, yeah, yeah, Catelyn Kane came out in 1983 um, uh, from the Go Betweens album before Hollywood. Other things, quickly on music before we divert to TV, um, mm-hmm. stuff that we kind of liked were um, Let's Dance, we talked about last week about the video, Blue Monday mm-hmm. by New mm. Order, which is the um, the legendary 12-inch single which is still, I think, the biggest selling 12-inch single um, of all time and also nearly sent Factory Broke because they spent $8 billion on the um, on the record sleeve Did you, did you some... read the uh, read or listen to the, uh, the books by uh, Hooky um, about the recording of Unknown Pleasures, Closer, and uh, the the start of um, New Order. No, I didn't read it... any of Hooky's stuff. I've read pretty much every Joy Division song since uh, every Joy Division book, but yeah, haven't uh, haven't got to Hooky's stuff. They're, they're, yeah, really good, really, really yeah. good. I mean, he's, he's a divisive character, isn't he? But um, mm. I I I really enjoyed those books. I thoroughly recommend um, having a look at them. I okay, think you'll enjoy I've read... them. I've I've read I've read Barney's I've I actually read um, Deborah Curtis's book, which was the first one that came out about right. twenty years ago. So it's a lot yeah. it's a lot there, but they're all um 
yeah, they're all good. Um, now, here's one that's close to your heart. Came out in 1983. Was um, a New England ah, by right. Sir Billy Bragg. He would. I don't think he'd like us calling him Sir, but yeah, Billy Bragg. No, probably, probably, probably very much wouldn't <laughs> enjoy that. But yeah, <laughs> that's right. Now, I'll just quickly touch on a couple of our local faves, and we'll we'll move on. Uh, 1983 was Igloo by the Screaming Tribesmen. Great song. What a classic. Which was which was co-written by Ron, the late, great Ron Pino. Yeah, only, uh, only, who, only, who, only read that recently, that, um, that yeah. he, he co-wrote that song. I had no idea. Yeah. And um, so he co-wrote that with a guy called Mick, Mick Medew, who's been around the Brisbane scene and fronted yeah. the Screaming Tribesman and is still performing. And I've seen him regularly over the years and he still belts out an excellent version of Igloo and Date with a Vampire. Yeah. Um, which is great. And he's doing some new work too, which is always good. Um, the other classic, which, I mean, it's, it's not in that league, obviously, uh, The Radiators. Which, which of the many hits are we talking about here? I'm not going to go for the one that most people talk about, but No Tragedy. No. Remember No Tragedy? No. Oh, vaguely. Only vaguely. Ironically, it, it was quite a tragedy. Anyway, No Tragedy. <laughs> um, but we'll wrap it up with, 1983, the great album that never gets tired by Huda Guru's Stone Age Romeos, released in 1983. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. all-time greats, let alone a debut yeah. album. They just one album. So there you yeah. go. And, and one of those one of those few, now I may be making a statement that I can't support here, but I think one of those few records that has no filler. Does that have any yeah, any no, filler no. at all? I don't. I don't no. think it no. does. No, no, none. And um, wasn't wasn't there a, a great uh, cover um, covers album of like from a whole pile of people covering yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that called? God, I forget what it's called. Uh, uh, Stone Age cameos. Is that it? Is that Stone it? Age, uh, yes, and I, yes, I have it on CD. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I should have pulled that out. God, with, with some really, like, really good um, covers. Oh, brilliant. Of, of yeah, those brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Br- yeah, and um, yeah, brilliant. So that's um, – and just a quick story about Stone Age Romeo. Remember we, when we started going out clubbing, as we did, mm. and we'd go to the exchange? I don't think exchange. what we did – can... sorry, what, what, what we did is not clubbing. <laughs> no, no. I don't think that because, qualifies as clubbing. Because what they, what they did at the exchange in, this, in the city in Brisbane they would play. They would open at eight at eight o'clock, which also mm. equals lame o'clock, eight <laughs> o'clock, right. and they and they would play and, and they would play to start the night off a whole new album in its entirety mm. to warm things up. Mm. So, being a lame o'clock guy, I was there when they played Stone Age Romeo for the first time mm. in its entirety. I was there when the door opened, <laughs> like was. The, was the start of the um, the night at the exchange was eight? Is that eight o'clock? Is that right? Yeah, and they'd start with an play an album. Now I don't well, know how long that went on for, but um, but we we would we would always go in for uh, for a little drinky before that to White Chairs or wherever we were going. Um, yeah, so yeah. we must have, <laughs> must have been there at five o'clock Six. in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were. We were. Oh, wow. And we were going, why are those old guys up at the bar drinking when you could be out there doing 
they kind of what we considered dancing. Oh wow! Yeah, but we and did see a few. Uh, sorry, just before we leave the exchange, which we could do a whole show on or a series of shows yeah. on, um, yeah. and not run out of material. But um, right down to that guy that didn't he made his clothes out of an old curtain or something. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, that was um, another club. There's a, was that a which is a it's a Facebook page I'm friends with. It's, it was there's it was more it was probably more your gothy kind of new romantic scene. So it plays like mm. Maryland's Mars Bar, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, okay. but yeah, that was that. Yeah. But we so saw remember, talking about the Johnnies. Remember that night we saw the Johnnies used to play there regularly. Remember that, that's the night what we I was about them? to say. We, we I remember talking to Spencer <laughs> across you know, uh, he he played a couple of songs, and I was sitting at a table, which was maybe two feet away from the. Yeah, and they'd come on at midnight. So while we, we were laying yeah. the clock, guys, we were also. I wouldn't say we were stayers, but we we're still there at midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite jolly by then, I suspect. Um, yeah, yeah, and we, we saw to, them we got one to see night. A few and, bands. Um, we did. I remember seeing the Johnnies there one night. We were front and center, and um, smoking uh, smoking away, and uh, Spencer needed. Uh, to light his cigarette while he was playing and he pointed to me and to my cigarette to light his cigarette of my cigarette which was a complete honor as you can imagine and <laughs> i thought i'm never going to wash these this hand again so i handed the cigarette to spencer who lit his cigarette and then stubbed mine out on the ground and gave me a big grin so that yeah. once again that was an honor and an, a, a pleasure and an honor so yeah, there you go. So it was 1983. Um, that was the brief um, outline of Jeff and Steve's uh, <laughs> nightclub and days. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll come back, I'm sure, to the exchange um, at, at some later point. It was a um, an important landmark in our lives. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, we loved it. Mm. You want to talk about some TV shows that were getting around in 1983? Yes, please. And some that were leaving, mm-hmm. which was quite uh, one that uh, last ever episode of the uh, Don Lane show. Oh wow! I haven't thought of Don Lane in years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last ever episode of the Young Doctors. Mm-hmm. First okay. ever episode of Carson's Law. You might not remember that. That was. Um, I, I, I remember the name. I don't think I ever yeah. watched it. Lorraine Bailey, who was the mum in the you know the she, esteemed actor. Mm-hmm. She uh, she was the mum in the, the Sullivans. Sullivans. She was the yeah. league. Lead characters, a female lawyer back in the day when that was not the done thing, and yeah, a lot of drama going on there. I didn't watch it; it looked boring. Um, do you remember? Do you remember Australia? You're standing in it. Uh, yes. Now that you say it, I do. But yes, um, Rod Quantock was kind of the main host, and they had things like uh, little skits and bits and bobs. The Dodgy Brothers, which became legendary. Remember the Dodgy Brothers? No. Not so legendary then. No, he, he got me there. I don't, yeah. I don't remember that. Our other, our, other, our other listeners will know the Dodgy Brothers. Uh, and Tim and Debbie did this brain space. They were like these that alternative. Yeah, young guys. Um, yeah. Um, other stuff. Knight Rider. Yeah, gosh, yeah. Yeah. TJ Hooker with William Shatner. Yeah, I, I, I love William Shatner. Um yeah, but not that, not that show. <laughs> now, Remington Steel, remember Remington Steel? Now, it was Pierce Brosnan? <sighs> now he was a Bond. Was he a neighbour of yours when you lived in out in the, uh, in the coast in Dublin? 
outside of Dublin. Well, was that Roman? Was that Pierce Brosnan? Uh, no, um, but he is from uh, Navan, which is you know not a million miles mm. away from uh, from Dublin. Um, I, I never watched Remington Steel, and I didn't. Uh, I think we covered this last week or the week before. I didn't like the Bond movies that he was in because they turned into yeah. um, BMW advertisements. Yeah, and slick, um, he looked slick, didn't he? Yeah, and you know, having invisible cars and stuff—not really what no. I want to spend my seven dollars no. fifty on. Okay, well, it was um, now. I've, now I've included a new feature. To our, okay. to our, to our podcast. I, I don't remember James. signing that off at the production meeting. No, no. Well, you should. It should have turned up. Um, famous, <laughs> famous. This sounds like a horrible history. Famous deaths in 1983. <laughs> yeah. Just to cheer everybody up. Um, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, David Niven. Now, he, I think you're a David oh, Niven fan, weren't you? I was. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I was in as much as I enjoyed the two. Uh, the two books. Um, uh, That's right, it? yeah. The Moons of Balloon and Bring on the Empty Horses um, were both sort of interesting, although it, it's fairly well established now that all of those stories were either stolen in, in their entirety from someone else or just didn't happen or they were hugely exaggerated. Where Bring on the Dancing Horses from? I didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't hear about I this. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, I know, um, yeah. The, the the title "Bring on the Bring on the Empty Horses" was uh, from some film director who had a fairly poor command of uh, English and didn't know how to say. Uh, uh, yeah, so probably not not too politically correct. That we're just making fun of, of a guy using a second language. But anyway, uh, yeah, the books were books were good as long as yeah. you understand that they're absolute. Well, they're just made up. Um, the stories yeah. are largely made up, but uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting guy, and uh, yeah, lived a lived a pretty interesting life, and a pretty interesting mustache. So there you go. Um, <laughs> also, that year, nineteen eighty three, we lost Karen Carpenter. And the more you oh. like, at the time, at the time, I mean, when we were young kids, it was like Carpenter's were a bit of a soft rock joke. But over the mm. years, like she's, you keep hearing from people, she was considered. Very serious drummer and like really well respected. Yeah, yeah. I still can't get so on board with the whole um, singing drummer thing. It it always looks weird to me. Um, yeah. So you're you're thinking the romantics? What I like about you? I'm, th- I'm think I am. I'm thinking the romantics. I'm thinking and you're the thinking, Eagles. Uh, David, you think? Yeah. Well, don't think about the Eagles and Foo Fighters. <laughs> I suppose. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a weird thing, isn't it? They shouldn't be. As you know, it's a running joke, isn't it? Like, um, and, and sorry, and and the band wasn't wasn't the band wasn't the um, what was his name? Levon, Levon oh. Holmes, Levon Holmes? Holmes is that his name? Something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. He sang uh, those. I know they they shared the singing around. I know Robbie Robertson uh, did some singing, but it wasn't yeah. They, were the the night, they drove old Dixie down. Dixie down. Was, um, yeah. was the drummer. Um, yeah. I may be making that up, but I, I think I'm right. Uh, jumping ahead, like getting a bit literary, because um, well, two two people, Tennessee Williams and Muddy Waters, who both were from Clarksdale, which I visited recently in um, in, mm. in uh, Mississippi. Um, mm. 
yeah, so obviously the playwright in Muddy Waters. I went to his old house, what would have been his house, in the house of some the Blues Museum in, in Clarksdale, which is pretty amazing. But this right. is not as amazing as this. 1983, we lost the great, the great Dick Emery. Um, oh, wow. I haven't thought about Dick Emery in a long time either. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, who's – was it a Friday night? Who was on? Oh, God, I remember, I remember the, just – The Dick Emery those, show? The Dick Emery show. You know our, our childhood, particularly pre-teens, was made up of nights that consisted of the two Ronnies – uh, the Dick Emery show, the Benny Hill show, Pot Black, <laughs> a match of the day. You know what I mean? Like there's this yeah. funny thing. Um, yeah. Was Dick Emery the, oh, you are awful, but I like you guys? Awful, but I like him? you. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Did a lot of that, that camp stuff. Um, yeah. But not, but not as he certainly wasn't in the, the, the cerebral league of Dave Allen. He, he was, he was kind of just one notch up from Benny Hill, I think. Yeah, um, but there you go. I, I, I really yeah, like uh, Dave Allen. If you if you get a chance to read oh, any God, yeah. of his stuff, it, it really is a um, quite a quite an intellect that guy. Yeah, I went to his. I went to I went to one of his live shows, and um, mm. it was it's just a bloke sitting there with a a, a cigarette and a glass and a whiskey. of whiskey, and yeah, and with atheism leaking out of him, which I'm <laughs> a fan of also. <laughs> Okay, let's get moving. Um, mm-hmm. We lost. We lost Peter um, Peter Fanden, bass player from the Pretenders, which leads me back to another Johnny story. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing them one night at the exchange, and I was standing there playing, and said, "They said the night the, the drugs we've taken tonight um, uh, killed all the Pretenders." So um, that P- Peter Fanden uh, sadly died of an overdose in his bathtub. Apparently, slipped and drowned mm. from heroin overdose. And the mm. last, the last muso we lost um, in uh, December twenty eighth, uh, yeah, nineteen eighty three, was Dennis Wilson, the Beach Boy, who yeah. ironically drowned. Yeah, 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 he drowned. And he was. Oh, I'm not. I'm not good with my Beach Boys uh, history. Was he hanging out with Natalie Wood at the time? Was that was that him? No, no, I don't. No, he wasn't. I forget who it was. But he went back. He'd been drinking all day, and he went back to get his his wife's gear. Maybe I might be wrong, but I don't think it was Natalie Wood. He went back to get mm. her, her something off her. Some swanky um, marina in in uh, LA. So uh, I'm so going to check all that. I have for that, you that, as far as me. Interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back to you uh, with a with the details yeah. on that next week. <laughs> the details of interesting deaths. Yes. Will, will that will we make that a feature? It sounds like something that could be a feature. Yeah, I reckon probably not. Might be a bit more selective. Like that was my first go at it. So uh, there are all these people. Like, oh yeah. I, I, yeah, I know something about them. <laughs> yeah, I like them. Good. Um, okay, where else? Uh, where else are we? Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, and this is probably a, a not too subtle segue into uh, something else later in the show, um, that uh, 83 in the BRL, um, uh, Redcliffe beat Easts in the final. Redcliffe won 14-6 um, uh, at Lang Park with a, with a pretty decent crowd, as, as was 
common in the day, 25,000 oh. for the um, for the grand final. And I, I maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I think most grand finals were sellouts. I, look, I remember going to get games on a Sunday afternoon with, say, you know, the you know, leading teams, whether it be a West Tigers game, whatever, West Redcliffe back in the day, 20 grand mm. was not unusual for a Sunday afternoon. No. Big crowd. And you would get out to Pertell Park or Davies Park and they'd be full in whatever that well, you know, it might only be five, eight thousand. But that's a lot to go out to Buddy Barden or Dolphin yeah. Oval or out to you know Cougar Eye, or whatever you know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they were, they were they were good crowds. But um, I mentioned that one. Obviously, you know that I'm going to be talking about this a little bit uh, later. But just to just to highlight just how big the the BRL was at the time, and um, it was you know quite tribal, wasn't it? You know that. Uh, Brisbane, no matter where you went, uh, leading up to big games, you'd see the colours at in oh, God, shops yeah. and pubs and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe it's because I hung out in this area a lot. But the eastern suburbs used to feature. You know, if you went to that sort of uh, old Cleveland Road, Stones Corner, oh, Stones to Corner, Peru, Logan Road, sort of area. Old Cleveland Road, where the Stones Corner pubs on the corner. Down there, yeah. and that, that was back in the day when there were probably more butchers and stuff. And they were selling, they would do the black and gold sausages, that kind of stuff. And, it was, yeah. and but everyone did it, you know, whatever you could yeah. do. It was just brilliant. It was just, yeah, yeah. it's. Um, and, a, and a really as, sad loss, in my opinion. Not that I live in Brisbane anymore, but I think it's a sad loss to the um, to the, sort of the, the colour of the local communities. There you go. That's yeah, just me. and even to the, to the point where, remember in the, in the footy programs, if you weren't, if you, if basically, if you weren't from west or east, they'd put import beside your name. That's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 You you see that from time to time when you see a list, don't you? I, I didn't mm. know uh, when I was first looking at this a couple of years ago. IMP beside the name. Um, now you couldn't have that now because everyone's an import, aren't they? But um, yeah. yeah, import. <laughs> now I don't know if in that fact, whether that applied to. I don't know if that meant if I'd come over from, to South from West or whatever, but it was, but it was certainly a thing. It was definitely a thing. It, you weren't. It, it did. Uh, I, I will actually cover this uh, later on. Um, I did a little bit of research into the the background to um, how how people joined their their clubs, and I, I I found it interesting. Maybe you will later on. But anyway, get to that. Um. So, shall we move on to some footy? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, um, game three, 1983. Um, it was Tuesday, the 28th of June. No need to comment anymore on it being a Tuesday. There was uh, Lang Park, um, a crowd of 26,084, so pretty pretty good crowd. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was the weather on the day, no rain, um, typical sort of um, winter's day, minimum of 12, maximum of uh, 20, and a nice, nice clear evening. Um, and were we at that one? We were. Um, we were most definitely at, uh, we were. at this yeah, one. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, just uh, most of the time, I remember where we were by sort of 
um, thinking about uh, particular um, we tended to the be game. on the new grandstand side, didn't we? Down um, that, Hale that, Street. That's right. Side. Yeah, and, yeah, and towards the bottom of the. Yeah. I don't remember ever sitting high in the in the new stand for an no. Origin game. We were always quite quite low, not at um, at pitch level, but um, you know, lowish. There were probably cheapest uh, tickets available, um, mm. and uh, and and that's where we were for this game because I I, I remember that uh, field goal that uh, that Wally took and not being able to see whether it was over or not until the um, yeah that's right yeah signaled. yeah um so we were we were most definitely there um so should we have a look at the teams do you want to who would you like i'll go queensland team this this week okay all right so we've got um, well then it's uh, this yep go yep okay, yeah I, I said queensland team starting to get really pretty much stable and solid apart from a couple of positions but um yeah, it's staying really, really firm up. Uh, Cole Scott's still there at fullback. Yeah. Um, Steve Stacey's in. Um, this is the this is one of the sort of positions that's sort of not as set. But Stacey and 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 just before you go on, Jeff, I just want to. Uh, it's been on my mind all week to say something about this. I I think I was a little unkind to uh, Steve Stacey a mm. week ago. I I, th- I said some. Something horribly pompous about him uh, not being an Origin player or something like that, which you know was was both rude <laughs> and um, wow. and and, inc- and and incredibly poor form, given that he is an Origin player and I'm not. So how, how dare I suggest that he's not really an Origin player? Um, and he would, uh, you know, he, he was he, he was a good player, and in this particular game. Um, he had, had an absolute game. cracker of a of a game, and made me look like the fool that I no doubt had. So I just want to yeah. point that out. Um, good player, good player, yeah, and an Origin player and a tough player. Yeah, so we yep. got Scott, Stacey, and Close on the wings. I mean, I just think they had to find a, a place for Chris Close. Um, so you know, um, you know, he's not the world's fastest winger, but there you go. And so we got Melinda and Miles. He was um, he was injured for this game, Chris Close. He, oh, he I got gone. my games wrong. Yeah, oh, Mitch on the wing. On the wing. Oh, oh god, that's right. Because yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because he he has a cracker of a game. So yeah. um, Meninga and Miles. Um, uh, then we got uh, Lewis, Murray, Vorton, Wally Fullard, and Smith Niebling. Uh, now that that combination, uh, of course, Brown, Kaminsky, Testament, those forwards. But I mean. Geez, that back row is a defensive bloody machine, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. L- looking back on it now, that it was just such a a stiff um, midfield that uh, that gave Queensland. Um, they they just didn't miss tackles, did they? Fullerton Smith and Niebling in particular, and Vaughton's everywhere. And yes, um, that I know you're going to cover this, and sorry for standing on your toes here, but. The the amount of yards that Dave Brown and Brad Tessman make through the middle was just phenomenal, and I don't mm. maybe you can put that down to some some pretty porous defence from uh, New South Wales in this game, but the 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 aggression, the willingness that uh, Dave Brown, for example, 
takes the ball up. With, yeah. You know, he he wasn't looking to die with the ball. You know, he was looking to uh, to break through the line and get oh, they, the ball away were. every and time. And it's funny because you know you look at it, you look back, you look back now. I always thought, oh, Neverly and Ford and Smith were tacklers. But they could also yeah. run and they could also pass, yeah. let alone Tetman yeah. and, and Brown. And they're all looking. I think what happened was they gave – think about this Queensland side. They um, they provided so many options um, yeah. in attack and that whole – and I'll talk about it again later. But the whole, you know, this whole um, switching of uh, Lewis sending it wide to Murray, so reversing yeah. positions and just – so Lewis had the big pass, and that presented all sorts of options. And Murray, probably underrated, but he he was a, a great attacking player in his own right. So that just went, God, who's who's going to do what? You know. So yeah, um, so I think I think Mark, Mark Murray was definitely underrated, ludicrously uh, yes. underrated, un- undervalued. Uh, I, I don't very think... slick and professional player. He always had yeah. his shit together. You know, he just yeah. looked I, I, don't think, I don't think Lewis underrated him um, because no, he's always oh, been effusive about his praise. I think the fact that they did praise. that, they said, I'm going to, we're going to reverse positions here. Um, yep. And I talked about it last week, you know, because where I said I think they missed um, Hancock as an option uh, coming up the middle where they had Scott. Now they've got Miles. I mean, they had so many options. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and so it was. Um, it's just a, it's just a deadly side that started to come together. And with hindsight, you start to look at the New South Wales side that you'll take us through in a sec. But you, when you start to watch these games, and as we did as kids, going look at all those big names, that you go, yeah, but they are they are, they're not quite a team yet. Um, yeah, which Queensland that, were that that eighty three eighty four uh, Queensland team. So all of those uh, players, <clears throat> excuse me, without. Without many exceptions, they're all 24, 25 years old. Isn't that so young when you think about those guys? Mm, but mm. they were they were coming into their peak um, as a as a combination. And as you just said, at the time, I don't think we appreciated what a, a collection of greats we had in the team. We, they no. were, they were, that we thought they were super players, obviously, and they were the best that Queensland had. But I don't think at the time you, we could have appreciated just what heavyweights of the of the game uh, we had in in abundance in one team. It was amazing, and it's, it's that thing we talk about still. Um, you can have great club players, but are you an Origin player? And these were Origin yeah. players, and we we learnt early who's an Origin player. Um, yeah, and you know the guys who stood up um, and just went a million miles an hour for 80 minutes, you know, back in the day when you weren't changing, you know, we weren't, we weren't changing off the bench like we are now. Um, yeah. And, and just, uh, just, just, just one thing, while well, it occurs to me, cause I'll probably forget when you're going through the game, who was the goose on the New South Wales uh, commentary team that went out of his way to point out that Greg Kaneski was considered a slow player, but what, I think what the hell summoned. was, was it, it, was it, it was him again? Yeah, yeah. I what sure the was hell was he talking about? Yeah, I think he got. A, I think he mistook the the, the nickname Turtle with Tortle <laughs> or something. But it, I, I must say, like I know we bang on about what how bad Mossop was, and and Arthur Summers, Arthur Summers, they are just dreadful. They give you no insights. And I, you know, when um Billy J and Mick Beavers did the first couple of games. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and Billy Jay's no, he, he didn't, uh, he's not a rugby league legend, but they had colour, but knowledge. And yeah. the, you get players, just because you're, you're a legendary player doesn't mean you can commentate or coach or whatever. But the, nope. you don't get no insight from these guys and they're just so generic. Everything's so generic and bland. There's no, um, and contradictory as well. They, they don't get on a train of thought. That, well, they do get on a train of thought. Um, and it's mm. the commentary's got no insight. Yeah, and maybe I, I was sort of telling myself, look, these guys never thought that their um, their commentary would ever be heard north of the border, so they're not going to offend yeah. anyone. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. Well, that would have been right, wouldn't it? I, I don't I'll think. That, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, that that really really got under my skin when I heard that. I mean, Kanaski was in the form of his life, and um, and and organising what would you know prove to be a classic Queensland pack. And and he's doing it well, um, and these idiots on the sideline are calling him slow. We, uh, the number of people consider him slow. Really? Who? No. Who thought that? Who thought? That? Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. They just weren't very considered, and it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. They just yeah. I just don't think they um, they weren't professional commentators. Basically, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. They, anyway, sorry, sorry, stepping on your toes there. What a what a okay. what a great what a great Queensland team. Who was on the bench? Remind me. Um, well, Bruce oh. Astle was it yeah. Astle and yeah. Brett French? Gavin Jones. No, Gavin Jones. Gavin Jones. Gavin Jones because he makes a great run and yeah. then scores right at the end. Gavin Jones and Gavin Jones is another great player. Um, yeah, you know, there's a little it, from East. And a bit yeah. kind of in the Steve Stacey mould, you know, like they're yes. these big, big, um, hard running guys and um, yeah. skillful, extremely. He was very skillful, Gavin Jones. So yeah, he's he he got on and he had a, he pulled off a few good plays at the end and, and could have nearly um, scored the winning try for Queensland in the end. Yeah. But um, we'll get to that. Yeah, so that was uh, that was Queensland, New South Wales team. A uh, few changes from uh, from game two. Um, Marty Gurr is still at uh, fullback, uh, and the Parramatta uh, group of Neil Hunt, Mick Cronin, Steve Aller uh, still there. Um, on the wing, so Eric Groth, remember, uh, came off injured in the partway through game two. So he's replaced by the by the evergreen Chris Anderson on the wing, who you know, must have been, what was he then? About sixty four years old or something, mm. um, and and had a cracker yeah. of a game too. Played very he well. He brought his grandkids. They had a great time. Five <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, eight Brett Kenny, halfback Steve Mortimer, who geez, he had a poor game, didn't he? Well, um, oh, I well, I, I, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a big Steve Mortimer fan. I, I had forgotten that he was capable of having a poor game, but oh, he really, really had one then. Um, and lots of, uh, lots of, lots of changes in the pack. So Gavin Miller drops back to um, the country guy uh, is in the second row yeah, with Stan. Yeah, uh, with Stan Jerd. Stan Jerd gets the run. Get, yeah, he gets a he gets a start on. Place, yeah, yeah, um, and the front row. Lindsay Johnson is still uh, one of the props. 
Max Krilich is fit again, so he comes back in. He's captain at hooker. And Jeff Bugden, uh, another Parramatta player, uh, comes into the front row. So it's, yeah, it's, it's Parramatta heavy, isn't it? Which is, it is. makes sense. Um, um, Parramatta and, uh, and Canterbury get a, a, get yeah. a few in there. Yeah. And on the bench, uh, Kevin Hastings and Ray Brown. Um, coached by everyone's favourite, Ted Glossop. Who, I, I enjoyed watching his uh, facial expressions throughout the, the I first. I they had a camera fixed on him, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And he was he was determined to not give anything away, which yeah. <laughs> not, 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 sure, not sure when you're getting hammered that badly, um, you want to be seen as stone faced, but anyway, he did. So that was the, they were the teams. Uh, what else um, before we get into the, the match, uh, referee Robin Whitfield is back. Yeah, um, we've had him. Yeah, yeah. We'd seen um, him around. He's very, he had some very confusing, um, you know, uh, hand signals. It was he wasn't great, but um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was bad. No, um, no, I, 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 I don't. I don't think he was bad either. He certainly didn't affect the uh, uh, the result of the game no. or anything like that. Um, very. Very theatrical, wasn't he? Very, very keen well, I think to was an attempt to go. How neutral can we get? Because we're starting to get serious now. That's that's the thing that I've noted about this game. Yeah, started to get serious. And I know we brought in um, different refs from around the place, but started to get serious um, to the point of even the even the TV coverage. Um, they. Um, uh, did some little promo shots and interviews with like um, Jack Gibson wearing that furry jacket he used to wear, like you know. Yeah, which you you, you see, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it was wearing it, ironically. <laughs> was no, actually, no, and, you know, good on him. But it just started yeah. to get went. Okay, this is serious now. And like we said last week, the, it was so good to see the New South Wales fans getting into it and, and thinking mm. they might lose, you know, and, and mm. knowing this is this is serious, Mum, you know. So mm-hmm. um yeah, which is great. And um, you know, they you know, they start to bring in the Channel Nine commentators like you with your Mike Gibson's Daryl Lakes. Um Yeah. And and a few yeah, dodgy yeah, digital Marines, effects. You know, think, mm, yeah, effects, at, bad at stuff. Effects, some some yeah. really shit graphics. <laughs> yeah, I've got a note here. It actually says <laughs> Shitty graphics, but it's early days. Fair enough. It's early days. You know. You know. God bless them for having a go. Um, yeah. I, the, and look, I was thinking about that too. There were, as you say, pretty, pretty awful graphics, um, and and no doubt um, the best that you know technology could come up with at the time. But someone in the production team needed to say, okay, these are the best that we can come up with, but they're still crap. So let's not use them. Yes. But no one did. No one did. Yeah. They went ahead with them anyway. No. God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's a bit of a trial. A trial. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, that's it. And um, the, yeah, so, nobody so can. Talk, talk us through the match. I'm, I'm well, interested to hear thing, this. The first thing I have to say um, Arthur Beatson, hmm. it just gets cool. I've never seen anyone wearing a beige suit look cooler. Like Artie's <laughs> got the beige suit on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He's so cool. He could have done anything. He's so cool. Um, and oh, another, just another personal note. I remember, and I don't know if you were there, playing junior penance golf against his son at Redcliffe, Brad Beatson. Mm. No, I wasn't there. 
yeah, that that must have been me in my my glory days. Um, but yeah, but um, why why hang on? Why wasn't I there? If you were playing junior penance, surely I don't know. Why wouldn't I have been there? Might have been playing senior penance, maybe. You might have been, yeah, because we would have been pretty old by then. Funny you should say I, that. I, that would, would have would have been adding to my list of losses with my <laughs> appalling record of penance. <laughs> Didn't you play junior? You played junior penance till you were about forty-eight, didn't you? <laughs> I, I I played. I don't know how many uh, games I played, but I, I certainly played a lot. Um, mm. And I you know, must have played for six or seven years in the juniors. Um, and what do you play? Four or five games, maybe more. Six or uh, seven games in a yeah, something like that a season. Yeah. So I, I must have. I must have played forty or fifty. Uh, matches yeah. in junior penance, and I reckon if I won four, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it'd be more than that. Um, I have no idea where they continued to pick me, but anyway, I played. And this isn't a golf podcast. I have to say this. I played this guy. Now we, I was watching an Australian Open. This guy's name was Peter Zeta, something like that. He was in the okay. Australian Open, and he was in the running for a bit. And I said to everybody who was watching, I don't, know if, I don't know where it was, I said, I beat that guy in a penance game at Ashgrove. Mm. And I was 20 and he was 12. <laughs> and I beat him on the 18th sinking an eight-footer. So. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, this is a bit of a name drop thing, but it, it's, not, it's not intended to be... Um, Good for my my ego. I played um, cricket. Um, one of my last season of uh, senior cricket, I played against a team that had um, Owen Morgan in it, who would you know, obviously go on to be mm. captain and, and very very well credentialed. Um, and um, the bit that I usually leave out is that I was what would I, I would have been forty three when I played my last senior A-grade game of cricket, and I think he was 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he belted you all over the park. <laughs> well, he, he was so little, he could, he could barely get the ball off the square. He could barely lift the bat. <laughs> uh, anyway, there you go. Right, sorry, the match. The match. I just want to say Brad beats an Artie's, Artie's son, as you'd imagine, was a lovely bloke and uh, he probably yep. beat me. I can't imagine. There you go. But <laughs> I made a note here, interesting. Uh, two things. One, um, fireworks went off, so they were taking this seriously. Got fireworks now. How short were those buddy, buddy stubby FCO shorts, whatever they were wearing? Very mm. short. And also, mm. I made this note here, Kinescu, inverted commas, a very slow player with a lot of trouble winning the ball. Will that come that's back to haunt you? That's, that's, that's the what quote. they said. Yep. Yep. That's what yep. they said. Anyway, so into the game. Um, now, Mal. Okay. And we'll go now. So Mal Meninga kicks off to the Milton Road end. Now, is this the first time that he's kicked off instead of Wally? I'm not sure. But Wally I think traditionally that's right. kicked yep. off. Anyway, uh, so Mal kicks off. They're running. The, the good guys are running to the Milton Road end. Uh, Cole Scott makes a, a good break early, as he usually does. Um, uh, Queensland on the attack pretty early. They get a penalty uh, pretty close to the post. Take, and um, 
that Mel misses. Mm. Um, For the only so time of the Mel, night. Yeah, yeah, Mel's, you know, the kicking cost Queensland over the years a little bit. But anyway, but Queensland is still forward running. A few high shots, as you'd expect, on Brown. Uh, by Miller and um, Krillish, but I'm not sure that he didn't. Fuck. <laughs> he, he didn't. He, it's not like he hadn't um, probably uh, earned those paybacks. Um, but anyway, we're into the fourth minute. Queensland, they're fifteen. They're fifteen out uh, with plenty of plenty of room um, out wide. Um, so Kinescu to Murray, who steps off his left foot inside pass to Kinescu, and he's over. Like the the, the slow the slow old turtle is over. For a try and six nil. Uh, look, as we said earlier, the Queensland defence is is just brutal. Dave Brown in particular, uh, a lot of scrum penalties. Um, mm. But the Queensland defence, including Lewis. Now Lewis, I think he made a point of doing this every game. Um, whether it's an inspirational thing, a domination thing, he'd pick out somebody and he'd and he'd um and he'd hammer them. Um, uh, but it's a it's a really Wide open attacking game. Even the commentators saying the refs keeping them back ten. Um, so it's it's um, yeah. That was a that was a big five, wasn't it? A big five yards. Yeah, yeah. But Lewis made uh, makes a huge break um, early in the game, and uh, he gets it inside to Murray. And he's just brought down, just brought down short uh, in a really good tackle. Like you would have thought, full money is going to score. Um, so. It's held down in in, in the tackle and the penalty um, to Queensland. Meninga converts, so it's, we get out to an eight nil scoreline already. Hmm. Um, so look, there's a lot of Queensland attack. Like they're just clearly dominant. Um, uh, even from open play, Lewis kicks kicks over the top, um, and now Meninga picks this up from about. 20 metres out, looks for all money he's going to score. And he drops it in the, um, uh, in the put down. Now, I reckon today, he would. I reckon he scored that. But everyone said, you know, in, in the days before the, the replays, I reckon he's, oh, that's a try. His hand's on the ball. I, he's just I, gone, I was wondering you know. that myself, exactly. Yeah. I, I think if, if the, the technology was good enough, you would have seen that he actually placed that there was no separation between his uh, hand and the ball at any point, and and there was downward pressure. So I, I I think you're right. I think that would have been given. But they banged on, and Arthur Summons banged on about it, like saying he's, he's messed it up. And even if okay, it wasn't given, but it wasn't. He didn't. He didn't muck it up. Like he he just you know it just it came down to those, you know, one of those last minute things. But um anyway, like Queensland are tr- just dominating, and they're just running at will. Um, uh, it's, um, it's sorry. Let's just skip over here. Um, the in the defence, well, the defence is well, the attack's good. The defence is brilliant, and this is mm. where um, Vorton pulls off a tackle on Krillich. Now, I'm not sure what happened here, but because Krillich came up really dusty, but I'm not sure mm. whether Niebling was involved too, and I'm not sure whether he got he got um, he got. Uh, a bit of action in there, but the commentators were saying, oh, oh, "We just think he hit his head." But anyway, he came up very dusty. Um, but it, just a, just an indication of just how good the Queensland defence was. You know, they were just they were just all yeah, over them. Very stiff. Uh, very stiff. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, 
as we know, Lewis is always looking. You know, he understood the advantage of territory, and he he put in one of his absolute classics, forty meter touch finder on the fly, um, mm. and the, they just go right on the attack. Um, and look, and I think the other thing I noticed with Wally too, he must have. I think that he thought they were a little bit soft up the middle. He kept kicking back inside, like stepping back inside, going up the middle. So I think he sort yep. of detected a bit of a weakness there. Um, now, because Price wasn't playing, and I think that's what he was looking for. Um, though Miller mm. did turn in a big defensive game, but there was some space down down the middle too. So Wally's, Wally's all over it, seeing what's happening. Um, look, at the 25th minute, um, about 40 metres out, uh, Mortimer knocks on, just a simple knock on from the play of the ball. Um, uh, uh, Meninga, um, Meninga picks it up and gets it to Miles. He gets it to Wally Fuller and Smith. And to and a great ball to Stacey, who scores, um, he's over. So, yeah, as you're I, mentioning, I, I was gonna, I was gonna point that out. Um, Fuller and Smith, you know, hardly known great for his ball, ball skills, but wow, yeah. what a great pass. Right, yeah. right into um, Stacey's breadbasket, and um, he he did the rest very well. Yes, and it was a it was a good solid Origin try, you know. And I think, yep. yeah, Stacey looked solid. He looked at home there, I reckon, and like he was he was yeah. missing it. Like as we know later on, things don't go so well. But look, a lot of players, you know, make mistakes. Mm. But um, so it's twelve nil. Soon no, it was forty nil. Meninga um, converts. Um, now we get a classic bit of. A commentary here related to um, to Lewis. They were talking about Lewis didn't have a great game in Sydney, and that um, now he's back on his home turf. That he's okay. He's up against he's up against Kenny, and you know he's, he might not be the king after all. But he said um, he's all over Kenny. He made a point of it, and the commentary goes, "He's like mud to a wet blanket." Lewis is all over. And I'm going. Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know. I'm no. <laughs> I I wondered whether that was just an expression, a well-known expression that I just hadn't heard. Same. You know when you go, oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's, and then you go, oh no, hold on, mud. Yeah. Wet. <laughs> and I don't know what he's mixed up there. Um. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's that's um a bit of an example of of the the commentary we we're exposed to. Fast forward to the thirtieth minute. Um, Max Krilich puts up a bomb. He runs out of dummy half, puts up a bomb. Mark Murray just takes it a really, a really good take. Um, and then from the um, next play, of the ball Miles gives it to Tessman, who runs, makes it inside his twenty-two. He makes a good break um, and gets away a ripper of a pass to Ron Brennan, uh, Mitch Brennan, sorry, who runs sixty meters. Untouched, yeah. And at that time, and look, um, yeah, it's it's one of the great free running Origin tries to this point. It's just yeah. a beauty. Um, and as you said, we and said that, earlier, your Tessmans and your Nieblings and Fulton Smiths are, are throwing passes. You know, they're looking all that, the time. That that run from Tessman was was fabulous. You know, he yes. he, he had no intention of dying with the ball there. No, Makes great, always great pass. But that handoff. You know the ability. He was looking on his outside, then looked on his inside, and gave that um, that short ball for 
Rem to run onto at full pelt with his with his really weird, funny running style. Where yeah, you were you always used to tell me his knees didn't work properly, and he used to just yeah. swing his legs out in front of him, and that's probably true. But he did it pretty bloody quickly, didn't he? Hmm. It worked pretty well on this occasion, didn't it? Yeah, it certainly did. It's twenty yeah. nil. Queensland's still on the attack, um, and they're doing it pretty easily at this point. It's just before half time, and um, Queensland like they're not far out. It's probably were they ten meters out, maybe, and they had a go. And Wally goes, "Now nah, bugger this! I'll just pop a little field goal over." And yeah. it's twenty one nil at half time. And look, I just mm. made a few little notes here about the, the half. Brown having a big game. Lewis holding his jaw, so he's not 100%. Hmm. Um, well, he was Niebling, in doubt coming into the game with that he jaw. He doubt probably. coming into the game, yeah. yeah. Niebling, um, Niebling just, I mean, they're all hitting hard, but Niebling is like just stopping them in their tracks, you know. Hmm. Um, Murray, superb. Um, Mortimer. I reckon Steve Mortimer has tried to chip over the top about 17 times already and not one of them's come. That's his go-to. And it was just like, yep. I know that I know um, uh, the New South Wales commentators refer to it later in the second half, but it was like there was just this lack of um, uh, vision and kind of um, variety. They just mm. kept trying to sort of chip over the top all the time. And it was just like, just dreadful. But um, that's good. <laughs> we like that. I, I, I think they had... They had picked a fairly anemic pack. Yeah, the only the only creative player there um, is Gavin Miller, and yeah. he was he was working hard in defence. And you know you, you're not gonna you know with all due respect, Paul Field, Stan Jurd, um, Bogdan, you these are these are not guys that are going to open up the game for you. Um, no, so and to be fair, I mean, yeah, they're good defensively, but they, the 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 Queensland pack is is just um, a league another, in another league. So um, on on both sides of the ball, in in the attack and defence, yeah. they were exactly exactly. Yeah. So it's twenty one nil. Second half, uh, Queensland, the good guys are running to the Caxton Street end. Uh, once again, look, you know, you know, I sort of. Tr- uh, where I stood with with Cole Scott, but I just can't believe what a good runner of the ball he was, and the fact that he's yeah. held that fullback position for so long. Um, so he he makes a great break down the old grandstand side, you know, early in the second half, and he sends Meninga away. Now Meninga, um, it was like he's off balance, and he, geez, if he had, if I reckon if he had another couple of meters just yeah in time in space to get his balance. Would have, might have been a different story, but anyway, he ends up into touch. How often does Melman get put into touch? You know, so it was just not, they not played, often. They I, the, they isn't it? Isn't it funny that the? I mean, the game has changed enormously between now and then. It's not recognisable, yeah. in my opinion, the, the way the game is played. But one of the things that is quite notable is that back then they would attack. Um, down a short blind, a very a very narrow yeah. blind side, yeah. and be prepared to um, be put into touch. Um, now, I, I think that, that is because at the time there were contested scrums and there was a decent chance of uh, of getting the ball back. Um, mm. But also it was, it was just a different psyche, that it was worth having a shot down the narrow blind, whereas now it just doesn't happen, does it? Oh, if you get... If you get- 
taken into touch down the blind, it's like you're probably not going to play next week, you know. Exactly, exactly. But there is, yeah. So we're only into the fourth minute again, so which mirrors what happened in the first half. Um, so Kaneski from dummy half gets it to Murray. So they're about, well, probably about 30 metres out, running to the Caxton Street end down the right-hand side. Um, uh, so Murray to um, onto Meninga. Now he steps back inside and slips the ball to Brennan, who's coming off his wing, his opposite wing, um, and he's over. You know, and he's and it's um, right beside the post, twenty-seven nil. Now the, he's um, he's obviously been given a roving commission by yes. um, by yeah. so he's all over the park. I didn't notice it until then. Because mm. I'm thinking, where's where's close? Because it's kind of interesting. Close is not playing. Neither of them are playing your classic wingers game, but um, I think that's also clever too to keep the the New South Wales boys wondering where they're yeah. going to pop up. And close mm. did that in defence as well. I think, mean, like he, way before the days of your big wingers coming in acting like second rowers, close was getting in there and um, and doing some doing some of the hard stuff. So that's 27 nil. It's only four minutes into the second half. Hastings comes on um, early because I think they realised they need some kind of... Well, they um, had to make some changes. Something had to give. Nothing was happening. Yeah, nothing was happening. Yeah. Um, you know, even, you know, not much happened from it, but Lewis kicks deep really early. Like, he's just sending out that signal. It's all about territory, you know, and, and mm. that's... And, and so he's also it, saying to them, if it's a long way back, guys, and you're going to do it from your own goal mouth. Yeah, yeah, and we got some guys who are going to tackle you really hard, including yeah, so. Mark Murray, who thumped Stan Jerd. He picked Jerd yeah. up, and Jerd was hurt. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's not just Nibbling and 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 Wally and 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 um and Fatty and you know they're just just it's it's and Wally himself, Wally Lewis, you know, and and Wally Fuller and Smith. He's just got it's like he got ten forwards, you know. Yep. So yep. um, so it's twenty seven nil, and then um. Queensland are just running freely. Um, Stacy plays. Stacy's having. You know, he's, he's getting in and mixing it a bit. So he's on the twenty-two, um, and uh, plays it to. Um, and Kineskew gets it onto Murray. Does a little run around with Lewis, and of course everyone's going. Is Wally going to run? Who's got? What's going on here? So uh, run around gets back to Murray, who just breaks through slight, slightly, and he sends a pass, which is not a great pass, to the toes of Brian Niebling, who picks it up off the <laughs> ground. Yeah. And run and just scores like one. Of, to me, that's one of the most memorable tries at this at this point because I love seeing the Nieblings and the Wally Full and Smith scoring tries. Um, you know, and and once again, the skills to pick that up um, it was amazing, wasn't it? And and it, yeah. that that features in all of those highlights uh, packages by by right. It was yeah. uh, to to pick it up on at, at speed and um, yeah. And, and put yeah. it down. No, no wonder that one and the Dowling try that we'll talk about in the next series just is in, yes. is in yes. every package. So, so the score's getting up there now. What is it now? It's um, it's thirty three nil. Queensland is still throwing it around a lot. It's ten minutes into the second half. Uh, the Blues finally get some attack together, and it's no coincidence that it's um, Hastings has something to do with it because they just need some. Mm. So they they put a nice little sequence together and um ends up with uh Kenny Kenny getting a ball away to Anderson who scores over in the right hand side uh, in the corner prone and good conversion it's thirty three six 
Bugden's replaced at this point by Ray Brown. And I never remembered Brown being such a he's he's a pretty feisty character, Ray Brown. No, he was. But I also, yeah. And I also think too, he's playing when you're playing against Vorton and Close, who are your teammates too, that probably spurs you on a bit. Um yeah, Queensland go back on the attack. I mean, they're, they're pretty much attacking at will. And I think they're at this point now where they're going to try anything because they've got such a good lead, and that's and that's fair enough. But I made a little note here. Neville, I don't know who he tackled, but, geez, he was still tackling so hard. He was just stopping guys in their tracks. You know, they're all tackling hard, but Neebling, Jesus, he was just like yep. – he was like um, Gillespie, like cement. You know, he's just like – Yes. That kind of thing. Um, yeah, and Miles, very, very as we committed. know, Miles – Miles is the form player, and he's just running. He's just running at will, also. Um, so at this point, there's 17 minutes to go. Um, there's uh, relentless attack. Stacy, um, Stacy runs from dummy half. So Miles, the whole game, he's been running at will almost, um, uh, and he gets a um, yeah. With 17 minutes to go, Stacy runs from dummy half, and he almost scores a try. Like it. it would have been, um, you know, another well-deserved try. So he's just, just short. Uh, Dave Brown's at half, uh, dummy half, and he just plows over, just slams, slams himself over, um, for a really, a really well-deserved try. So that takes it to thirty-seven-six. Uh, Arthur yeah. Summons says, "Oh, that's a very doubtful try. Very doubtful try." <laughs> Whitfield yeah. is like, is about, is about. A foot away, looking at it, and once again, it's like the Meninga. And well, you know, well earned. What a, what a great game from Dave Brown. Yeah, look, you know, and but you forget these guys have the game smarts to go. Stacey's gone from dummy half, hmm. and you go, "Are you going to go from dummy half again?" You got this great backline just waiting for it, and he just yeah, just just goes for it. Um, the good thing that happens is that Mal's got a damaged knee, so his knees all strapped up, so. Cole Scott is going to take the attempt at goal, uh-huh. and I reckon I could have thrown it over, but unfortunately, Cole misses. <laughs> stays at yeah. stays at thirty seven six. Um, so from here, New South Wales did. I'll, I'll race through this boring bit. New South Wales um, scored a boring try from a bomb. It's thirty seven twelve. Um, they do put it. They they. Um, you know they they do put some um, a little bit of good attack down the particularly on that right hand side because they've got the Parramatta connection now and Hastings jumping in there. Um, Gavin Jones comes on for um, for Dave Brown, but I must say New South Wales do score that good length of the field try, so I should give them their due there. Do you reckon? They they scored a couple of good tries. I just yeah. don't understand why why was the game out of out of Reached, it was it was because disappeared over the horizon before they decided to attack. I, yeah. I didn't understand it. Yeah, that's it. You look, and they um, it's almost a 90, 90 minute try from as you know from a I think it was a Mortimer kick, but it ends up um, that's that's the moment Stacy goes to dive on the ball not far out from yeah. the Queensland line, doesn't come off, um, ends up with Ella. Gets it to Anderson, and he scores his third try yeah. in, a, in a losing in a losing side, which reminds us of the uh, recent grand final with uh, the Broncos with Ezra Man, Ezra Man. Yeah. But um, it's thirty-seven twenty-two, and you're right; they started attacking down that right hand side. They found a weakness, 
which they attributed to Steve Stacey, which or Summons did. I don't know if that's correct. I think Queensland just got a little bit loose and was just throwing it around a bit. Um, yeah. But I did sense I did, it's thirty-seven twenty-two. The commentators are going, "Oh well, it's not. A, you know, it's a bit more respectable." And I think Wally went, "Well, it's not respectable." Um, because no, we, that's a nailed you, we nailed you guys, and this is just a little bit of a five-minute thing. Um, so with three minutes to go, Murray sends Gavin Jones off a great run down the right-hand side. And once again, geez, you thought he was going to make it. I think he thought he was going to make it. But anyway, he's, he's brought down a really good uh, tackle by Neil Hunt. Um, he gets a penalty uh, to Queensland because for laying all over him. Um, quick tap by Lewis, who sends out a pass. Not a great pass. Falls at... Um, Gene Miles at his toes, but he picks it up, step off the left, strolls over for a yeah. 43 to 22 result. And that's not, that's, I reckon that's still a bit generous to the New South Wales guys, but we'll take I it. I think it's, it's it, yeah, it's one of those games where I, I think Queensland's intensity probably fell off a bit. Mm. Not a lot, but, but a mm. bit. And against talented players that's well, enough great to... guy great look at that the new south wales side and the other thing too i i, I thought there was pushing passes but you go yeah but they did testman push that pass to brennan for his great try you well, know exactly like, worth it you it, know it's worth it yeah and they want it, to entertain it, it, that's what i got i got the sense they want to play footy you know yeah and i i think that last last what 10 or 15 minutes with new south wales uh you know they're in the ascendancy uh, Kenny's running the the ship there, and I, I you know, that's a that's a little little sign yeah. of things to come there. Yes. Um, and I, and I'm you know I'm sure the New South Wales selectors and coaches are looking at that, thinking, well, this is the way forward. You know, hardly genius of me to identify Brett Kenny as a great player, but um, <laughs> you know, he would go on and do that for a for a long time to to come. But it was a hiding. This was a hiding. Uh, it was Queensland a hiding. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed them. And uh, and Lewis is man of the match to absolutely nobody's surprise. Uh, he's man of the match. And you know my my recollection of the game before I watched it back was about Lewis's kicking. And now that I have watched it back, I'm staying with that. The biggest wow. impact he had, in my opinion, was his determination to uh, to kick well, pin them back, and encourage them to to attack from their own goal line. Um, and the amount of times he made, what, 40 yards um, with pinpoint kicks uh, oh. into the end of touch and, was fabulous. And, yeah, and it was um, – but even his kickoffs, you know, like just – like, you know, it's the old saying, you knew every blade of Lang Park, every blade of grass of Lang Park, but it just had such control, even with his bombs, even when he was under the pump. He – Rarely did he did he get a dud kick away, you know, um, yep. let alone a dud pass. But yeah, it's yeah. just that was that, that understanding of character of owning the ground. Yeah, which yep, game changer. Yeah, so that was uh, that was that game. That's the that's that series. Um, and the good which, guys uh, win. The good guys win two one, yeah. So and yeah, we we probably hadn't uh, hadn't set that up uh, well enough. You know, that this is the this is the decider, and um, and Queensland too good on that particular event. Yeah. So, well, when we when we talked about them, um, it being 
taken seriously media-wise and it's being promoted as the clash of the decade and all that kind of stuff in a very good Channel 9 style, which is fine. So, yeah, you, so you're right. You probably probably didn't set that up as well because every game was a clash of the decade for us. So, Well, there, there is that. You know, I, I obviously wanted to win the series all the time, but I didn't care. I just wanted to win every game. That's, that's, that's how I felt. I still feel mm. the same way, I might add. Um, but that's, that's how I felt at the time. So that's the game. Now, which brings us on to our featured player. And um, as you know, I've taken a, a slightly different route um, this time. And my, my featured player is, um, uh, is actually the BRL. It's not a player at all. It's yeah, a competition. No. And um, I wanted to talk about this because, well, rather, I was sort of brought to uh, to talk about this because when I was researching 1983 and I wanted to talk about the results in the grand final that year, I was looking at the, the list of uh, coaches and captains in the BRL that year. And I'm going to read them out just to um, to uh, sort of highlight the quality um, that was running around in the BRL at the time. So let, let, let me just list these very quickly. Eastern Suburbs, and I'll, I'll list coach and captain in order. So East, uh, John Lang and Larry Brigginshaw. Valleys, Ross Strudwick, Wally Lewis. Norths, Barry Muir, Greg Kanescu. Brothers, captain coached by Tommy Radonikus. Redcliffe, John Barber, Mark Murray. South, Bob McCarthy, Bruce Astle. West, Ron Raper, Dave Moffat. Wynnum, Des Morris, David Green. You know, the, the, it's, a, it's a list, not a comprehensive list, but a list of the, the greats, um, not mm. just of uh, Queensland footy. You know, there's a few. Oh, Bob McCarthy, for, for, Tom Rodriguez, hello. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, we, we had the good fortune to meet Bob McCarthy a couple of times through, uh, through a different connection and a, a, an absolute gentleman. Um, but we, what a yeah. what a collection of, um, of sort of rugby league heavyweights. So I was thinking about that, and I I thought, why not talk about the BRL? Because there's probably people that are listening to this that just <laughs> haven't haven't swallowed the the BRL uh, bible the way you and I have. Um, yeah. And just give a sort of a potted history of the uh, the BRL. So. Which is the, Brisbane, just run the Brisbane, Brisbane Rugby League, for any, right? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, so the, the the BRL came into being in 1922. Prior to that, it had been the QRL, Queensland Rugby League, and there was a lot of dis- dissatisfaction with the way the QRL was uh, was run. There had always been a little bit of enmity between um, the Brisbane and the country uh, competitions. Um, so the BRL sort of broke away from the uh, QRL and set up their own competition. And the uh, the initial, uh, the sort of the founding clubs in the BRL, you might enjoy this. So brothers, Carlton's, mm-hmm. and I'll come back to them in a second, Cooparoo, University, Valley, and Wests. They were the founding uh, clubs. Carlton's? Carlton's uh, yeah, so I... I, I I, there was a huge blank in my, in my mind yeah. when I was looking at Carlton's thing. I just don't know what that is. So I did a little bit, little bit of digging there. Carlton's is actually Souths. Um, ah. 
they became Souths in 1933. And I'll, I'll come to that. That was sort of a seminal moment in um, the formation of BRL in 33. But there were uh, Carltons up until then. And apparently there was an area. They were called Carltons because of a geographical area in uh, South Brisbane, which I'm not familiar with. I, no. Have no, you heard no, of it? I, no, I spent a lot of time there, and I don't know. And then no. is, is it connected with Carlton, like the Carlton in Melbourne? Thing? No, 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 no. This is this is just a, a geographical area. Okay, so we're we're both unaware of uh, their nickname was the West End Boys. Um, yep. Fine, the, the next to West End, I guess, or is Davies Park in West End, or is that South? It was right in the heart of West End. Yeah, yeah. right, West End. Thank you. And their their official nickname until 1959, was Lions. They were South's Lions. I didn't know that. I probably got a lot, a lot of listeners saying, well, of course they were, but I didn't know that. Um, and in 1959, they adopted the uh, Magpies as their But anyway, that, that was Carlton's. So um, only 1959. That's interesting. Because I, I, I know yeah. a lot of, um, a, particularly a lot of the Greek families from around West End, highly connected with, Rugby league, um, yes, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, so no, they became Souths officially in '33, um, but the Magpies in '59. Uh, so th- th- that's that's the list of the the founding clubs. And um, just a, a side note: the um, the big games were played at the Exhibition Ground. Um, yes, yeah, pre uh, pre Lang Park. That's where the Test matches. So Bradman, that's right. That first did. first test. Yeah. Bradman's yeah. uh, first Brisbane game was uh, or it was his first test was uh, first test at when, the exhibition eighteen game. and one and they and, dropped and him one. off a gun. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, in nineteen thirty three, Brisbane uh, the BRL <clears throat> excuse me was then divided into areas and players represented their geographical area, and so this is actually the um, we had a. A nice little um, callback from the, the import thing. This is where this comes from. So if you're uh, from that geographical area, you must play um, for your uh, geographical club. Yeah. Uh, so north, south, east, and west are, are all the um, uh, those clubs. Plus there was a territory given to uh, uh, a Valley, uh, Fortitude. They yeah. then become Fortitude Valley. And the only uh, outlier to these geographically uh, created clubs was Brothers. And yeah. to play for Brothers, you had to demonstrate that you had been to a um, a Catholic institution. You, you, yeah. had, you had to get a certificate to say that you, you had I'm, uh, attended. I'm, fam- I'm familiar with this kind of business. Right, yeah. And it's, it's, it's sort of weird to see it. These days, yeah, but that, yeah. That's, that's how it was. That's how it was set up, and it would remain Catholic, that. It had to be Catholic to play for brothers. Yeah, or you had to have attended a Catholic school or you know seminary or something, um, mm. um, to uh, and and had to be certified. You had to had have a, a physical piece of paper saying that you had done that to play for brothers. All the others, you had to be from the the area. Um, yeah. the catchment area, uh, right up to areas that are divided by a road. So on one side of the road, you played for east. The other side of the road, you played then for, what would that be? South, yeah. then, I guess. That's um, like Belfast. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's weird, but that that's where that's where that import yeah. thing uh, comes from. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, nineteen fifty one, uh, Wynnum uh, joined the competition. Uh, nineteen sixty one, Redcliffe joined the competition. I always had it in my head it was the other way around, but there you go. That's how it happened. Um, in nineteen fifty three, uh, Ron McAuliffe enters the scene into the BRL and the QRL, for that matter. He's largely responsible for bringing the, the two back together. And he's also responsible, as we have uh, said before, about bringing Lang Park into the equation and identifying that as the, the home of uh, Queensland Rugby League. In, in 1967, that residential qualification was removed, and that's how this import thing happened. So if you had uh, come from another club or had were supposed to play for another club, you would be then seen as a uh, as an import. And in 67, TV coverage uh, starts of the um, weekly competition. Now, all of these things uh, are happening at the same time as the Bulimba Cup, if you recall. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Happening, yeah. which was huge. There was a huge competition up until um, the BRL really sort of took over as being the uh, the premier competition in uh, southeast Queensland. Um, so that Bulimba Cup between Brisbane, Ipswich and Toowoomba had been uh, played for, now I don't know when it started, but it was a, a long-standing uh, competition. But that declined with the, uh, the advent of the beefed-up BRL and the, the start of the um, players moving from uh, Queensland to uh, New South Wales as the the pokey machines really sort of take over and generating right. wealth for the okay. for the league's clubs, so that's that's really um, the, the the BRL. Now, I I, I want to uh, say that brings us up really to uh, nineteen eighty eight. Um, those years of the eighty three years, I think, probably because we were young fellows then and we were going to a lot of BRL games, but I look back on as, you know, really the high watermark in um, the Brisbane Rugby League competition. Um, but we'll talk later about what happened to the BRL after the uh, the advent of the, the Broncos and the and the Gold Coast joining the yeah. uh, ARL in 1988. But up until, um, and, and the BRL would continue until 1997. Yeah. Premierships, last thing. So who won the most? I had it in my head that Norths had won more competitions than anyone else because remember they had a... I thought it was Valleys. Yeah, well, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Uh, Valleys had 17, Norths 13. Uh, Wasn't there a time when Bob Bax was captain? uh, Yeah, yeah, they won six in a row kind of thing. Yeah, 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 they won eight in nine years or something crazy like that. But anyway, uh, Valleys 17, Norths 13, West 10. Brothers nine, East and Souths eight each, Redcliffe four and Wynnum four. So yeah. shared around a little bit. Um, it's such a good pump. You know? Yeah, and, and I really do miss those days, but I think I may have and mentioned I remember, that I know we've talked past. about this, but as a young fellow playing for the mighty West Kenmore, um, and when you got a chance to play, and you played on Corbett Park and Cougarai, yeah. And um, Langlands, and you just went, oh, wait, this is the we're, we're, you know we're, it's sacred ground stuff, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never played yeah. at Hotel Park. West were always West Juniors were at where the Broncos are now, Fulcher Park. Right. Played at 
think played played at Davies Park. Played at most of them, and it's, it was just such a big deal, you know. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, well, and and very few of them exist in the way that they. Well, they, none of them exist in the way that they did, but very few of them yeah. exist as a as their own entities now. But we will come back to that. I, I won't. I won't sadden the day by talking about the demise of some of those clubs. I just no, want to well celebrate the BRL. Uh, good call on the BRL, and also it's the obvious connection to, um, to Origin and the whole the whole reason Origin happened. Um, so yeah. yeah, well done, well done. Thank you. So that's uh, that's the that's the list for today. I, I just want to um, maybe give a quick shout out to the our long suffering New South Wales listeners. Um, things aren't going to get much better for you in the near future, um, but hang in there. Um, Eighty-four is going to be uh, tough, but you'll in enjoy. Some ways it. they will. But some ways they will. As far yeah, as yeah, they um, will. There might there might be something for them in the in the yeah. near future, um, and we'll uh, look forward to bring that to you next week. So unless you've got anything else, that's that's us. I have done. nothing to add. Thanks, thanks everyone for um, listening, and um, particularly our friends in um, in uh, the US and Germany. Um, and, and and I, I have to also say that we seem to have picked up a lot of listeners since. Um, Dave's appearance with us last week. I have a suspicion that a number of them are south of the border. So welcome aboard, and um, yeah, and, and you look can look forward, forward to, to sharing our bias, more stuff. Yeah, bias, bias, bias opinions, <laughs> and a little bit of hillbilly, hillbilly business. <laughs> That's right. We will continue to uh, pretend that we're uh, impartial, <laughs> unbiased lovers of the greatest game of all, and then we will completely uh, destroy that image by being as one-eyed as you can possibly imagine so there you go that's a lot for you to look forward to so thank you very much jeff and um let's do it all again next week yeah why not okay thank you and good night